The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codenamed DJ Christados. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation, Jared Elbrick, a.k.a. Death Probe. And he's DJ Christados and all the green shirts tuning in for our podcast. I want to welcome you all to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in to talk some post-2000 G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way through the Devil's Do Run. On this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, we're going to rotate in not one, but two special ops guests for the show. We have Jason Ulbrich, codenamed Weasel Skull. Gave us a thumbs up. We have Delvin Williams, codename The Dark Web. He also gave a thumbs up. <laughs> all right, we're off to a good start. <laughs> we also have people joining us in the chat today. We've got Courtney Holland. We've got Chola. We've got Kathy. So it's Ladies' Day in the chat uh, thus far. We may have some folks join us later on. Who knows? We are recording this on Super Bowl Sunday, so people could be a little bit busy today, but we appreciate everyone showing out for the episode. This is more ladies than I've gotten on my dating profile. So it's, <laughs> it's a big, big <laughs> this is a big day for me. <laughs> All right. Normally, this is the part of the show where we would debrief our new recruits, get their origin story with G.I. Joe, favorite characters, and all that. Now, both of these cats have been on our show before. They've been special guests. We've been through mm-hmm. all that. So here's your question that I have for you, gentlemen. And it's kind of an honor of, you know, Delva being here. He's our Transformers guy. And Transformers and G.I. Joe often go hand in hand. So. The question I want to pose to Jason and Delvin today as our guests is, what would it take for you to subscribe to a comic that features one G.I. Joe character and one Transformers character as like a duo? So there's a comic out there and it's got one Joe and one Transformer kind of rolling together, fighting crime and all that stuff. What would be your ideal Joe and Transformers duo? (laughs) There's lots of ways you go with that. You know, Duke and Optimus Prime kind of go together well. Uh, Snake Eyes and Jazz. Uh, I was kind of thinking about Chuckles and Bumblebee might be a fun adventure. Oh, yeah. But I'm interested to see what Jason has to say. Go ahead, Jason. I would have to say it might be an odd mix, but I would like to see Optimus Prime and Snake Eyes like on a cross-country road trip. Almost like Kung Fu, the legend continues, where he's just wandering the world. Optimus Prime and the semi-rig and Snake Eyes. And together, they see the country. They help people fight bad guys together. It's an odd mix, but I think I'd like to see that. I think that would be a cool uh, one-two combo. All right. Optimus Prime and Snake Eyes. Delvin! The combo that I had come up with, literally, was Optimus Prime and Snake Eyes. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> it's the comic that needs to be made, clearly. <laughs> this, this show is off to a rousing start here. It's like Storm Shadow and Ultra Magnus. <laughs> it's like the same story. <laughs> Just lighter colored vehicle and the clothing. Oh, at least I give you credit for saying Ultra Magnus and not, you know, yeah. Rodimus. Right. Like, <laughs> like yeah, that would have been violence. 
ensued. So I'm sorry, Optimus Prime has to be the Transformer. It, like it, it has to be. He's he's the dude. He's he's just a dude, and you could mix and match him with basically anyone. You got the coolest Transformer, and in my opinion, you got the coolest Joe. And so that would make for kind of cool stories. Like I don't know exactly how Prime could sneak Snake Eyes to a destination, big old semi, you know, eighteen wheeler that he is. Maybe he can use like one of like the toys in the back that he has or devices. Roller, I think it was the little thing's name or something like that. But yeah, it would be cool. I would read it. So I'm on board, Jason. You guys sound like you got it going. 18 wheelers, they go all over the US. They can go anywhere. Some other ideas would be cool, like, you know, maybe a star scream type thing with jets flying around. But with Optimus Prime, you got the coolest transformer and he can literally go anywhere in the US. You know, I think that would just be cool. Pat, you look like you're chomping the bit to jump in. What oh, you got? Uh, Starscream and Destro. Oh, yeah. yeah that would be super <laughs> sweet. <laughs> Although I, I just feel like Destro would just like, he already has that low tolerance for Cobra Commander. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he'd have less of a tolerance. But, but it'd be like, hey, you kind of sound familiar. <laughs> yeah, your voice me. sounds familiar. familiar. To me. <laughs> <laughs> your voice sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> something about your voice immediately yeah. gets on my nerves Starscream. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is and why i'm attracted to you but i always seem to come back to you and it reminds me of somebody but oh man i just don't know you know and they'd be fighting for power too between the two so you'd not only have the battle between both of them trying to be the leader of the two of them but then you also have the just hey i know you what's going on here and it'd be fun no, definitely. That'd and then they'd also be trying to scheming and do something. So, yep, yep, you're right. What about you? Oh, geez. I kind of threw a couple of my ideas out early. Once I said out loud as a joke, I still would totally read the Storm Shadow Ultra Magnus <laughs> duo. <laughs> I think I would read that book. And it looks like we have Courtney in the chat who says Lady J versus Megatron. All right. Ah. I don't mind mixing it up. So, there you have it. We got one more from Auburn Elvis who said it'd be tough to get an Optimus Prime villain that would challenge Snake Eyes. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Deep thoughts. Yeah. Hmm. Intelligence report. Pat, go. All right. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. For this mission, we'll be covering G.I. Joe number 29. Publisher was Devil's Due. Cover date, April 2004. Writer was Brandon Jurwa. Penciler, Tim Seeley. Inker, Corey Hampshire, colorist is Brett R. Smith, and letters go to Dreamer Designs. Cover art is Tim Seeley, Andrew Papoy, and Val Staples. And speaking of the cover, Death Probe, please take us through the cover description. This cover features Destro doing Destro things, like brokering big-time deals. He's shaking hands over a briefcase of cash with a mysterious broker. Flanking Destro on either side are his son, Alexander, and Alexander's girlfriend, Lillian. And that's about it. So let's go ahead and find out what the guys and the chat thought about this cover. And we'll start with Delvin. First thought I had about the cover was seeing the money there was that Destro has to be making a deal with the government because there are not many people that have that much money just lying around like that. Like if you look around my house, 
you're not going to see that much money lying around or really any money at all. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I brought my house up into this, but that's what I thought it was like government. Like there was some very high polluting, rich level person. And so the question that it led me to think is, well, huh, who is Destro making a deal with? I, I don't know. Of course, I know enough about Joe to know that that was Destro. I did not know the two people in the background. It also kind of was a hint to how the story went to me in that, like, you know, this wasn't a rat a tat a tat a tat a tat cover. This was a deals yeah. are being made and alliances are being formed and that storyline is being built type cover. So that's what this cover is to me. All right. Well, just keep going around and go with Jason. Yeah. Similar to Delvin, I saw that pile of money in the foreground. He must be a plumber because that's about what I paid to have my uh, plumbing fixed <laughs> recently <laughs> over the holidays. So, so that's, yeah, I was thinking of my plumber. Shout out there, Lance. Good job. But at any rate, yeah, I was kind of similar to Delvin trying to figure out what was going on. I also didn't know who the two people in the background were. But if I can speak about the art of Destro here in the foreground, fantastic. I mean, like Delvin said, it's not a red attack cover. Destro looks the business. I mean, even just shaking hands with this guy, like he is jacked. He is confident. He's staring right at you with those green eyes. I love those green eyes. I don't know what that entails. Like maybe his helmet has some sort of enhanced visual optics or something, but he looks, could be, he looks both menacing, confident. He's got his two compadres behind him, backing him up for a non-action cover. This is really, really good and well-drawn. Very cool. Jared, what are your thoughts? Uh, very much echo both Delvin and Jason. I, I, I'll take from Delvin that definitely gives the aura of the whole story, you know, kind of circles around mm-hmm. this. To Jason's point on the art, oh my gosh. I mean, Destro, how big are those arms? <laughs> he has been lifting the weights. Yeah, that's but, a handshake you don't want to get involved. It's like, oh my, my, oh, my fingers would break. Oh, my lord. He has been hitting the iron. <laughs> but, you know, he, he just looks great. I mean, it's outstanding. It's an outstanding Destro cover. And then, I, you know, I wouldn't expect people who aren't so into the Devils Do Run to recognize Alexander and Lillian sure. right off the bat. But for those of you who have been along for the ride, you'll remember that Alexander was actually pretending to be Destro early in the uh, story arc, the guy we thought was Destro was Alexander masquerading as his father. They're just now, as of episode 29, and I'm certain we can get this in the story, they're just now kind of winning back his trust, becoming part of his cabal, if you will. It's a very, 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 very Destro cover. We're going to score them momentarily. And and like we always say, Pat, always, but we've said a lot lately, your score on this cover, I think, is going to be determined by how much you like Destro. Yeah, that's true. uh, With that, I'll let you give your final thoughts on it. I think you guys said a lot about this cover already that I agree with so much more. Um, if you're a Destro fan, definitely seeing him front and center on that cover is really interesting. I was like Delvin too. I'm like, well, who is he making a deal with until you read into the issue? Then we find out who it actually is. So I was interested to find out who he actually is making a deal with. What is the chat's thought on this cover? What Chola said was... I like the point of view, like you are who he's making a deal with and Mm -hmm. gives it that mystery of who it could be. And Courtney said, it's Destro, so it's Trouble with a capital T. It's almost like you didn't know, you saw the green and the green on the the hand that's being shaken. 
And I'm like, is that a Joe? Are they making, is he making a deal with the Joes now, possibly? Yeah, it does look like a military shirt. Yeah. Yeah, it had that OD green cuff. And yeah. I was trying to run through my head. like, do I know any Joes that smoke cigars? Because I was kind of focused mm-hmm. on the It could be a juggler. Well. Somebody like that. So that's, that's what really pulled me in. So cool. All right, with that. How would you rate this cover? So on a scale of one to 10 flag points, one meaning you didn't like it at all and 10 meaning it's perfect and you should make a recruiting poster out of it. Let's find out. So Jared, one to 10, what's it going to be? Like I said before, I think it really is completely determined by how much you like Destro because it's not a pew, pew, pew cover, but it is so freaking Destro cutting deals, looking cool, got his family behind him. I'm giving it a nine. I'm all in on Destro. I think he's a great character. So yeah, this is a solid nine. This is a definition of Destro cover for me. Very good. Jason. Yeah, I'm not quite as high as a nine, but I'm at a solid eight. This could be a recruiting poster. This could be like Destro going, hey, sign up, shake my hand. You can be part of Team Destro. And you know what? In all honesty, I probably would if I fell on hard times. Because I know, unlike Cobra Commander, Destro's not going to sell me out, leave me abandon me to my fate with Joe's barreling uh-huh. down on me. Destro's got some loyalty, man. And uh, he just looks the business here. So eight from me. I know I'm crossing our podcast here, but Destro is the Franz Sanchez of G.I. Joe villains. <laughs> if I can use a James Bond analogy. Uh, he's the oh, Sanchez yeah. of James Bond. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, if you, if you do right by him, he's going to do right by you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think Jason, too. I think if you want to be on someone's side, Destro's is probably the good one because you get to play with both teams sometimes. And he's probably got good insurance, too, because we know Corbus insurance isn't that great. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and he's probably got cooler good. outfits and all it's, that. It's literally called Cobra. And- <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> oh, Delvin, one to ten flag points. God, I got these sniffles. Like you know, like here. Yep, here's the fix. Ah, here's your bill: seven thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> More Cobra insurance jokes, gents and ladies. Really quick from the comments. Courtney gave the cover nine, and Kathy, she said she was at a seven, but she was going to give it an eight. And I'm there with her and Jason with an eight as well. I think it's a really good cover, and Jason is now two for two in taking an idea I was going to say, and that was about the recruiting poster thing. I was, I was going to be really clever, and I was going to say, you know, usually it's like, you know, Uncle Sam, I want you. In this case, it's Destro doing it for like maybe Cobra or his own faction. But Jason took it. It is I'm not sorry. original. And, I'm in um, your head. I'm just, look, I'm just, I'm having a rough live stream right now. <laughs> but it's an, it's an eight for me. It is a very good cover. And I do like Destro. He is one of the Joes, Cobra in parentheses, that I do remember. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I like it. Very good cover. All right. I'm going to just pile on another eight. I've seen a lot of eights in the chat. It's not super high up there for a nine for me. Destro is not my guy. You know, my guy is Serpantor. I love me some Serpantor. So now if I could see Serpantor and Destro fighting, ooh, man, that would be cool. Not just a mind fight. I want to see like, you know, look at those arms on Destro. You don't skip arm day uh-uh. or chest day. Uh-uh. Probably keeps that chest really good because of that jewel that he wears. You know, got to keep that up there. So I'm going with an eight. It's a long way to say an eight. And we see that uh, Mark Ross in the chat 
has an eight too. So welcome, Mark. Glad to see you. Let's go ahead and get back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. All right. As you know, on Jejo Chronicles, we mix it up a bit. I'm going to have DJ Crusados pull the randomizer, determine the synopsis point of view. Well, I tell it from Joe's point of view or Cobra's point of view. I don't know. Cristados pulled that lever. And the lever has chosen Cobra. All right, Cobra, it is. Here we go. Cobra, Son of a Our bomb did not kill General Hawk or Lady J. And on top of that, Cobra Island has been infiltrated by a new Joe, Barrel Roll. But we're working on tracking him down. We're also keeping a sharp eye out on the invasion of Sierra Gordo by Sierra Muerte. And we're starting to suspect our former employee, Destro, may have a silver-clad hand in this whole thing. Now, back to G.I. Joe. And now... It's time for our highs and lows on the issue. So we're going to do a couple rounds as we usually do. Folks in the chat, if you read the story and you have some thoughts on the story, feel free to share them as we will check in with you from time to time as well. So hi, low, what the? Go ahead, Delvin. I like the PR Lady J who was calling the bomb, right? They were like, okay, uh, how are we going to spin this? And like, yep, gas main leak. Don't mention any casualties because... We want to keep this low key and we want, we don't want to give Cobra the PR of being an effective terrorist organization. Very interesting. Like that is part of influence ops and psyops and stuff I trained on some years ago. And it's interesting to see stuff like that going on in the comic book because like that's not sexy per se, you know, it's not shoot them up. But it is a vital part of any military operation to have stuff like that. And it also, my conspiracy brain turned on. I was like, how many times does that happen <laughs> in, yeah. in, in real yeah. life where, you know, there's like, oh, there's a gas main explosion. It's like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I thought that was very, very interesting. You don't get to see stuff like that too often. Yeah, one of the things that we learned doing a couple of these with but well, we didn't do it with Brandon Jerwa, right? We had Josh Blaylock when Blaylock, he was Blaylock, on. Yep. I'm guessing Brandon's got to be like Josh and that Josh did his homework. He would read up on technology and, and tactics and stuff like that. Like he's he's kind of an admitted history nerd. And uh, that just fit really well with this. And it looks like Jerwa's, like Delvin said, taking the same path. So that's pretty cool. To Jason. Mine is a what the, maybe you fellows can help me out barrel roll not really familiar with the character but i was confused because it sounded like he must be some sort of pilot or something and i was confused why this barrel roll character is the one selected to infiltrate cobra island when they've got like 50 ninjas running around on the joe team how did he get this gig Mm, Um, i can answer that (laughs) the reason you're not familiar with him is he's a brand new joe uh, as of last issue Mm mm-hmm and him and some of the new Joes just went on a um, just kind of a recon mission of Cobra Island to see who was there, who wasn't there, kind of poked the bear a little bit. And a bunch of these airborne Cobra guys, I think they were called Cobra Raptors, maybe something like I that. Think so, yeah. You know, they kind of have like the self-contained jetpacks kind of attacked him. And he ended up beating a guy and taking his jetpack and his uniform. And that's how he kind of snuck in. So that's how Barrel Roll got to where he is. Oh, he called an audible. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that that was necessarily planned. <laughs> 
No, I think it was. It was to get them in, and then in this issue, to get them to the main computer. So they I guess so. They did it. seem yeah. like they had more of a point to it. Yeah, as of this issue, that's a good point, Pat. Yeah. So it's his military specialty, then like, <laughs> we don't know. I do know. Out. I do know because I featured him on last episode, which hasn't come out yet. This is why you don't know the answers to these <laughs> things. But his military specialty, Jason, is high-altitude sniper. And I still don't know what that is. <laughs> I was like, that is made up. I have no clue what a high yeah. altitude sniper what, is. What is he in a hot air balloon or something? <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. I don't know. Doing some around the world in 80 days. I, I, I feel like the you know, folks at Hasbro just kind of like had like cool adjectives and cool nouns. And they were like, High altitude sniper. <laughs> like, I don't Somewhere know. from beyond the grave, Max. It was like a mad libs for it. <laughs> they were mad libs in it. I love it. <laughs> there you go, Jason. That's the short version. I guess that takes it to you, Pat. Okay. For this round, I'm going to go with the characterization that was happening in here. Delvin had mentioned it when we talked about the cover that there wasn't a lot of action in this one, but. There was a lot of character building. You had Destro and his son and his son's girlfriend. She's trying to make amends with Destro after all the whole debacle from the early on issues. Um, you know, So she wants to win his allegiance back. I like that story going there. Then you had Cobra, who's just crazy as, you know, having a big party and then just a big speaking loud. And then I like it when Barrel just says, well, why don't you just shut up? <laughs> and then you have the twins in there. It's cool to see the twins and a little bit of action in there as well. Too. So you had to get like three different sides of four different sides of business going on here. Mm-hmm. You had Destro's side, you had the twins side, Cobra's side, and then you had the Joes, what they're doing in Sierra Gordo and all that and how long they've been there. And then you have the Joes in the States kind of spinning it a little bit differently. A lot of good characterization going on. Lots going on, you know. How about um, you? For me, I'll just take a quick one real quick uh, based off the cover. It's just Destro. I mean, did anybody else here get the feeling that the mysterious people from Sierra Muerte that are invading Sierra Gordo are probably working for Destro and he set this whole thing up from the get-go so he could yeah. build his own arms factories down there. <laughs> And have the president of the country owe him some favors. Like, it it feels like he set this whole thing up to me. (laughs) And I don't remember, as we've said many times on the show, Pat, because when I read these for the first time, it was 20 years ago, and I don't remember. But I I just like, I really, I really hope that's what it is, because that's so Destro. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he was doing this from how long ago, too, even while he's waiting for his commander to come back and all that. Destro doesn't sit around and wait for things to happen, man. No. He makes things happen. Dude, I, I like that idea. Just as a Joe outsider, that's a really good idea. Trade yeah. all those machinations to set up that deal so that he could come in and save the day. That's next level right there. Because mm-hmm. they've been real cagey about telling us who this invading force is. They haven't said it's Cobras. Yep. Yeah, they haven't said it's Coil. They haven't said it's, you know, Destro's Grenadiers, perhaps. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Coil for a little bit. I'm like, is this Coil's? What's going mm. on? Or maybe he's controlling Coil a little bit. Who too. knows? Could, Who you knows? know, you never know. The jugglers could have some weird U.S. Yeah. faction doing it for all we know. But my money right now is like, <laughs> this feels like Destro set the whole thing up. I'm excited to see what happens next. I hope that's what happens next. But hey, let's get another round in and go back to Delphi. Well, we were talking about Destro. 
I don't have a ton of Joe knowledge as I've, you know, is canon now to, to Long Box Crusade. So didn't read a bunch of Joe comics growing up. But I will say that I think it's interesting to see that there are more than just two factions. Things could get really old really fast if it were just bang, bang, shoot them up. And okay, Cobra has his plot and then Joe comes in to save the day. No, this one seemed multi-layered to where you've got Cobra Commander doing his thing. You've got Destro, who looks like he still might want to take over Cobra, but he doesn't want to do it with Cobra Commander there. And whatever plan he's got going on, he was telling his son and essentially his daughter-in-law was like, we have to move on this plan right now. Whatever that plan is, since we don't know what it is, and is that plan going to be to take over Cobra again? So I like that. That is just an extra layer that is absolutely needed to turn a toy property like G.I. Joe from being absolutely two-dimensional into three dimensions and beyond and makes you want to come back and buy it other than just seeing the three-inch characters like smack into each other. So that was very interesting to me. A little intrigue. Yeah, just to make it more interesting, Delvin, again, you're not the G.I. Joe uh, uh, encyclopedia, we know, but they've used Sierra Gordo as a fictional South American country since back in the early 80s when Larry was writing this book. So to, just bringing Sierra Gordo back as a location is exciting to a lot of Joe fans, which, of course, you didn't know. But it's it's kind of cool that not only they're adding intrigue, but they're also kind of bringing in those those memory nostalgia hits, too. For Oh, heck, yeah. Th- yeah. Those little affectations are absolutely what a Joe fan would read. It's like, oh, OK, we don't just have some dude on this book just writing it to fill up time or just to take my money. This is actually a project that the writer cares about by throwing that little affectation in there. Absolutely. To you, Jason, one of the things I really liked about this book, there was a lot in it. Like Pat said, it's not the all-out action issue, but there was enough action in there to entertain me. I thought the escape of barrel roll or almost escape we don't know exactly (laughs) he was so close so close uh we don't know what's gonna happen but it looks like he's gonna make it his escape may be with a plus one to be determined who that is but i thought that the action was really well done the way it was drawn was very clever i could tell what was happening he did some clever things setting up little traps with the fire extinguisher for example you could kind of see everything that was going on. It was laid out really well. You also had, like Delvin spoke so eloquently on the machinations going on between Destro and what's going on there. You got Cobra just, you know, having his rally and having his little soliloquy going on as well. So you kind of see where everybody's at. It looks like the U.S. government's kind of snoozing. They're like, well, we need to wait and see and I don't know which horse to back in this race. Well, Destro's, you know, you snooze, you lose. He's going in and he's planting stakes. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of plot going on, but enough action sprinkled in here to make it really entertaining. So that's going to be my comment as far as a high. Brings it to you, Pat. I'm just going to mention how cool it was to see Jorah pulling in some other characters, like the group that's of Joe's that are in Sierra Gorda. Uh, you know, you had Ripcord, Ricondo showed up. I was like, I was like, oh man, cool, Ricondo, Tunnel Rats there too. So you had all these 
Low I heard Condo. That was cool. Yeah. Sorry, Pat. Keep going. No, no. That's cool that you heard it. So you probably had a like, oh, wow, cool. So I like that part of it. But as Jason was mentioning, the one point I want to know is who's got the gunpoint to barrel roll? Yeah, good cliffhanger. I don't my know. vote is Baroness. That's my vote. Ooh, I didn't think about that one. See, let's go around real quick and see who, who you think it is. I'm thinking I could be Sir Pantor. But I thought he was in a stasis chamber. Oh, one yeah, of the jugglers right. has him on stasis somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was at the end of one of the right. about mm. two issues ago. Could be Mindbender then. Yeah, th- remember they found him? He was hiding out on a crate, and yeah. I can't remember what his status is. I guess it could be him. Maybe he escaped. I don't know. Who do you guys think it is? Real quick. No clue. No, no clue? One. Okay. Jason. Uh, the Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason why I think it's the Baroness is because on the previously on summary, at mm-hmm. the beginning of the book, they go to great pains to remind you that Baroness is still on Cobra Island with Cobra Commander and not with Destro. That kind of planted the seed in my mind, like, okay, well, maybe this is her making her play to get off the island and go reunite with her love. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see, but Jared, who do you think? The Punisher. Punisher? Okay. <laughs> Don't know that. <laughs> I, I, I absolve myself because I peeked ahead to the next. Oh, I know shoot. who it is. <laughs> Some guesses from the chat is uh, we've got Godzilla. We've got Ed Sheeran. Oh, could be MVP Kathy Bright wonders if it's MVP Kathy Bright. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Courtney also wants to know is it Sergeant Slaughter? Oh, could be so many to choose from. I'll just say this one of you is right, one of you is guessed right. Ed Sheeran, I knew it. It's Del- <laughs> was it Delvin? <laughs> it's actually Godzilla. Uh, it's weird how his hand doesn't look very clawed in the drawing. But <laughs> well, I agree with you, Pat. I think it is a great cliffhanger. Just a couple of comments from the chat while we've been doing our thing. Courtney says that she feels like that's Duke's hand on the cover, thinking that at some point, Joes are going to have to work together with Cobras or Destros. You know, they had that opportunity before when they invaded the island and Hawk was like, no, we'll fight all (laughs) y'all. And he did. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I personally would have teamed up with Destro. (laughs) But hey. They did have a Destro alliance there for a while. Remember yeah. when they had to go yeah. get Flint and Baroness when they were captured? Mm-hmm. So it's been an interesting, interesting time. Well, with that, I think I'll hand it back to DJ Cristados for his IG report, combat readiness of this issue. And for those of you who don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue story on the same one to 10 flag points scale we used earlier. And we will start with Jason. Similar to my cover score, I'm going to say it's an eight. I think there was a lot going on here. I think it was much more complex than I would have given it credit for, as Delvin stated earlier, and still enough action to really get me into it. I want to know what's happening next. They planted the seeds of a lot of G.I. Joe action to come in the Sierra Gordo area. So, yeah, I'm going to land on an eight for this one. Really good issue. Delvin. One to ten flag points. I think I'm okay with giving it an eight. I think that it was a good story. And when I came onto the show at 26, where there's the fallout from the big battle, that issue had a decent amount of buildup. So fast forward three mm-hmm. issues, it's still building up. And so I'm like, man, all this buildup, there better be one heck of a storyline at the end when like, hey, sometimes like say a Jonathan Hickman 
for years later for the Joe book. Like he loves doing that, building up the storyline and putting bits and pieces together. And next thing you know, like there's just this huge, big storyline that I was building up to. I hope the same happens with Joe because it looks like there's a lot of intrigue. And I like that. It was cool to read. Jared. Yeah, I think I'm going to get on the eight train. I think it's a real, real solid eight. Uh, the only reason it doesn't top out at nine or a 10, it's not as action packed. And the action that does feature requires me to like a new Joe who just appeared last issue with Barrel Roll. And while I am finding him quite likable, though, so that is a good feat. Yeah. That I'm interested in his his adventures on Cobra Island. I got to admit to myself if that had been Stalker or Snake Eyes, I would have probably given it a nine. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it still speaks well of Jurawa, though, to have entered. And, and we, we kind of all know that Hasbro kind of pushed those new characters and like, hey, here comes a new wave of toys, guys. You know, make this happen. And so given those parameters, I think Jurawa did a good job. Solid eight. All right. I am going to go a little bit higher and give you a nine. I think just as I spoke before, characterization and the intrigue. I want to know more about this. Where is this going? So it was kind of, I want to say it was filler, but it was good tasting filler to me to where this story is heading. Mm -hmm. So let's see what we got in the chat. I see Courtney's got it at a 10. Kept her interested. Auburn Elvis had it at a 6.0221515 times 10 carat 23. So I don't know what that means, but. 10 to the 23rd power. Yeah. I think that's Avogadro's number, if I'm not mistaken. Keep going. <laughs> Kathy wants to give it some pie. That does sound good. I would want some pie, too. I like pie. Yeah. And Chola gives it a... Oh, wait a minute. She didn't give it anything because she didn't read it. <laughs> good hey, one. Good, good one. one. Hey, carrying the tradition. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's what we got from the chat. So let's go ahead and go to our next segment where we're going to find out who gets an award. Either it's a silver star medal or it's a silver snake for gallantry or sneaky snakiness. This is where we're going to each reward the character in this issue who went above and beyond the call of duty or sneaky sneaky too. Let us start with Delvin. I'm going to give the silver snake to Destro. I had no idea Destro was that intriguing of a character. So if a writer takes a character out of like the main team, then they're doing it because that's like either an underutilized character that they're trying to bring to the spotlight or that character is just that dang cool. Like you can have snake eyes on a self-contained story and it can be like a six parter and people want to read it because of snake eyes and snake eyes is cool. But Destro, like while he's always been in the spotlight, in my opinion, Destro isn't one of those who like you would immediately stick out to so that they've separated him and kind of said, well, hey, I'm the number two, but I should be number one. Then, then yes, <laughs> they're setting this up for a reason and it's, cool it really really did intrigue me so he gets it for me very cool jason i'm gonna be totally unoriginal and give it to destro as well <laughs> i thought about barrel roll for a minute but at the end of the day he didn't quite make it didn't quite make it off the off the island so and now also at the end of the day destro he sealed the deal while everybody else is sneaking and skulking around and you know watching this and filing reports and watching newsreels 
Destro's moving in and getting this done, man. So I've got to give it up to Destro. He's he seems to be the top dog in this issue. Sure. Going with Destro, or you got somebody different? Nah, I'm gonna go with a little bit original here and give it to Destro. Okay. Ooh, wow. uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's out of left field. <laughs> I mean, he's the man on the cover, he's the man in the story, like Jason said. Oh, who's doing what? Chaos cover, damage control, and Destro's like, eh, I just secured pretty sweet little spot for myself and the rest of you can suck it so i'm giving it to destro well i gotta give it to destro too we're just gonna make it all the way around destro show today barrow he was good but obviously got caught so or couldn't get off the island in time so i given it to destro so with that let's go ahead and go to the next segment of the show where it's jared and he's gonna talk about death probes toy chest it's here, the G.I. Joe collection, each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. All right, Pat, in this segment, I will take something or someone featured from this issue and give you a brief toy history on it. For this issue, to no one's surprise, I have selected Destro. He's a terrifying enemy of G.I. Joe. Destro is his name. Destro is his name. Destro. Introducing Destro. You better watch out, Joe. Hey, what's going on? Destro's stealing our tank. We gotta stop him. We didn't get you, Destro. You've met your match, Joe. Destro is here. G.I. Joe Battle Tank comes with figure, other figures, and Destro sold separately from Hasbro. Let's get into some Destro history. Originally, on his file card, his name was Unknown. But now it's known. It's James McCullen Destro. He's a weapons manufacturer and terrorist. And as far as his original figure goes, he had a black bodysuit with a popped collar, opened the chest to show his sweet medallion. He had silver gauntlets with weapon attachments and his iconic silver mask. His accessories were a laser pistol and an attache case that you could actually open up. He was first released in U.S. toy stores as part of the Series 2 in 1983 and was discontinued in 1986. There are currently 29 versions of Destro to include Pimp Destro. No, I did not make that up. There's a special version called Pimp Destro. He has a cheetah print collar. Mm -hmm. I think his suit's purple or something. It's ridiculous. How is that not some rapper's name? (laughs) I don't know. I'm taking that for my own. I think we're going to find our band name. Call call me Pimp Destro. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Love it. I actually have Pimp Destro. Or P. Desty. P. Desty. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, he's a very popular character, as you can tell from his 29 versions. His original version in 83 was a completely unique sculpt. A lot of times they'd use parts, pieces and parts of other figures, but his was completely unique and it has been unique since. None of those parts have been used since that first one. So that very first Destro is a very one of a kind figure. And interestingly enough, he stands almost four inches tall where all the other Joes were three and three quarters inch. So the old Destro was like taller than everybody else. Kind of interesting in that. So there is your history. On Destro, I thought I saw somebody in the chat say they had Destro's. Mark Ross had Destro, one of his favorites. Did they ever explain why Destro has the silver mask? I think there's a family tradition. Yeah. Yeah. The leader of the clan Destro wears the mask, as I understand. Wears the mask. Okay. Because he takes it on and off. He can take it on and off. I didn't know that his name was layered. They kept Mm. mentioning it. I was like... I just thought his name was Destro. I thought he was like Madonna Isn't, or, or Cher or something. <laughs> Isn't Laird like a... His title. Title. Yeah. He's, Instead he's, of Lord. 
Yeah, he's la- he's um, Scottish. He's Laird ah, McCollin Destro. It's going to get a little bit nasty in the Castro <laughs> Destro. <laughs> but going around the room, did you have the figure? Uh, well, Jason, we all know I had it. You didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had Stalker. Uh, Delvin, I know you didn't collect a lot of Joe, so I'm getting no, no Destro for you. Pat, Destro, in your collection back in the day? Yes, of course. Uh, you know, this was the one to have back then. Having Destro was cool. I, I probably still got him. I wish I got to go through my toy boxes somewhere and dig the Destro. You know, I got my, my mind bender. Mm-hmm. It's me, mind bender. I like me some Destro. Every time. Every time. <laughs> Polly. Or anyway, as you can see, I like playing with my toys, but <laughs> yeah, I thought he was cool. I never got the later one when he's in his Iron Grenader kind of a... Oh, the gold mask. Yeah, I, the gold ask, mask. I thought you had one with a gold mask. Oh, I still have that. I The gold mask one that I have up in my cabinet right now is the mm-hmm. one I had when I was a kid. Like, that's oh, the cool. one figure that kind of... One of the few that lasted all through my life. I didn't have to reacquire him via yard sale or anything like that. Very but, cool. Uh, yeah, Destro. He's a, he's a must-have Joe figure in, yeah. in your library, really. Well, that's all I have to say about that, Becky Pet. <laughs> this is a oh, smooth is transition. <laughs> um, you know, in the chat, did we see anybody else that had it? Just the one shout Just out I gave to Mark Ross said that cool. he had it. Daniel Rodriguez said he never did, still doesn't, but will soon. So I guess Daniel's on the hunt. Okay. And thank you for joining us, Daniel. I seen an yes. earlier comment that said uh it's so fun to put the faces with the voices. Uh, you guys are funny. Love the show. Oh, I think. Uh, yeah, I am nice, I am a, I am a crack up. And I carry the other three. <laughs> All the time. Our, super heavy, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next up is our feedback segment called Combat Comms. Call it, G.I. Joe. Go get Breaker. He can do it. As always, we'll start off Combat Comms with a roster of our Battle Hardened Crusader Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy early access to special long box video episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So, these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Ow. Ow. In the chat. Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. I think he's off driving around in the battle wagon. And battle wagon. Gary Viola, who's usually in the chat, but I'm assuming because he's a big Joe guy. I'm assuming he's probably got Super Bowl things to do. Gerald Green. Jason King. Jim Jummer, Jim Jummer, Jim Jummer, Jim Jummer. (laughs) And I hope you like Jim Jummer too. Jeremy L. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Jose Pollo. Josh Strickland. Candace Ward. Kathy Bright. Maxwell Traber. Michael Wagner, another big Joe fan who sadly was missing today. <laughs> Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan, we love him daily. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spotty67. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. If we miss anybody on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. 
So if you are a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. Or if you just want to chat with me, send it to contact at longboxcrusade.com. It'll be fun. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Hey, Pat. Hey, hey, Pat. Yeah, Delvin. How do I become a Crusaders Club member? It's been a while since I've done that, so I figured I'd ask. Yeah, no. Well, you know what, Delvin? I am glad you asked. You have to collect flag points. Mm Mm-hmm. No, you don't, Jason. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to collect the splat points. You know what you need to do? Well, not you, Jason, but everybody else in the chat can do this. And what we really want is the, the Patreon to really blow up and get big and have a lot of people in there. So there's not enough room for Jason to get into it. So please help us out. And you can do that by going to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you will get all the access. How much access is that? How much access is that, Pat? It's all the access, just not for you, Jason. Have yeah. you ever seen me and Jason Keene in the same place at the same time? I have not. Mm, interesting. Um, oh, that is intriguing now. We may have to. Laurel, Laurel. <laughs> we, we, got, we, got a, we got a barrel roll situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You see what I did there? I linked the comic book. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you want to get in on all this fun, come and check it out and become a Crusaders Club member. Now, let's see what messages we have waiting for our platoon of loyal listeners in a segment called Breakers Comps Hat. Communications officer, code name Breaker. These are from episode 27, where we featured issue 27 in a live recording. Hey, just like we're doing now. How fun is that? It's real fun until you get up to the comments portion. <laughs> We didn't get any comments. <laughs> we got we got plenty of likes and shares and retweets, and we appreciate those. But you just step up your comments, game peoples. Well, maybe yeah. if they left us a voicemail, maybe we gave them more opportunities. Pat, do you know anything about that? How someone would call us on a voicemail line? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you asked. You can actually call us and leave a message on our voicemail line, and you can do that by dialing seven zero seven five three two. Five two six nine. Again, that's seven zero seven five three two five two six nine. One more time, seven zero seven five three two L box. Oh, that's sweet harmony. Mm, love it. Well, folks, that's going to bring us to mission complete status for this episode of GI Joe Chronicles: The Devil's Due Years. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movies, serials, and more. Check out the entire Longbox Crusade Network. DJ Christados, where can they find that? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and so much more podcasts out there. You just search it. Wherever you can listen to a podcast, you're going to find us. We're also on the internet at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at longboxcrusade.com. And if you notice, we're going to start to release more videos of the podcast in a kind of video format as well, too. So if you're a YouTuber, you'll be able to subscribe to that and follow along with us there. Back to you, Jared. That's right. Our podcasts are going to be available on YouTube. So, you know, you can have it up in the other tab of your browser, Mm -hmm. just listening while you're working at work. Sitting at home. 
Pick up the Working phone. <laughs> Anyways, if you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at back to you, Pat. Thanks, Jared. I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jared, where can they find you? I'm at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my artwares, which does include quite a few G.I. Joe drawings at www.theyardsaleartist.com. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Delvin, take us home. You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1977. Thanks for joining us for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. We'll see you on the battlefield next episode when we cover issue number 30, Players and Pawns, 3 of 5. And now I want to retitle it Players, Pawns, and Pimp Destro. (laughs) That would be the greatest title right there. Let me ask you this, Jared. (laughs) Mm. Speaking of Destro, Mm. ooh, hmm. When you draw him on on the stuff that you draw, and you do a very nice job of uh, capturing the Joes on there. Thank you. Have you done one of Goldface Destro? No, I only did Silverface Destro. Oh, okay. uh, What about Pimp Destro? (laughs) He's high on my list of things to do. (laughs) That would be cool to have. Silver, gold, and pimp. So, (laughs) SGP, I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for those suggestions, Pat. And again, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Until then, platoon, fall out. Yo, yo, yo. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Josephlin99. That's J O S E F L I N 99. You will not regret it. Yes, sir. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, stop. There, there was not one trip up there. Not one. Because <laughs> you're alive, you know. He's doing what alive, is going on? Right? I, am, I am confused. <laughs> I am perplexed. <laughs> just, he didn't know the emotion, so it just turns to anger, and Del just yeah. gets mad and leaves the show. <laughs> like, Pat, are you a secret agent? Tell us! Tell us! <laughs> but see, what y'all don't know is that Pat's like this on every... G.I. Joe Chronicles. He saves it all up for G.I. Joe Chronicles. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Keep going. You guys been played. Right. I played you all. I also like the way, just the way that our screen is currently set up, that if I talk into my microphone, it looks like I'm, I'm whispering to Alexander. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> try to give me some of that money. <laughs> you never be as good as your dad was. Yeah. <laughs> you, you suck. Your dad's awesome. <laughs> Well, first off, I want to see. I've been seeing in the chat people talking about Delvin and I wearing the same same shirt here. Christmas gift from uh, DJ Cristados. Thanks, Pat. Um, and that got me thinking that uh, we should start doing the Tomax and Zaymot. We should start finishing each other's sentences here. Uh, <laughs> Delvin finishing each other's sentences. Better <laughs> <laughs> do than you think. Oh, by the way, Delvin, you probably saw it in the chat, but uh, you were correct, by the way. That was the avocado number uh, that uh, Auburn Elvis put up earlier. Avogadro, but yes. Okay, got it. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bring it back high school jokes. I used to, that was the same joke I used to my poor math teacher. I'd probably heard it a thousand times. I'd be like, the avocado number.
wasn't funny then still not funny now but i'm still uh, <laughs> that's uh, you keep on trying to i'm just gonna ride the avocado number down for all those matches <laughs> all right let me get back to what we were doing i've heard it both ways 